Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is going to come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. Hey, hey, it's podcast time. I said it's podcast time. That, that one felt good. That one, that was a good one. That was a good one. Oh, man. What's up, all podcast people? I hope you guys are doing awesome. I am doing really well. Uh, just fun fact right now. Today, this episode, this very episode is the 25th episode of All Jacked Up. Whoop, whoop. Now, I don't know if that's a big deal in like the podcast world, but it's, it seems like it should be. It's a big deal to me. Um, and so I just figured like, hey, keep doing this and God keeps blessing it. How awesome is that? But we're going to keep celebrating every 25 episodes. So we'll celebrate again. No, I'm probably going to celebrate every episode. So, hey, I wanted to give everybody an update. I have people asking all the time, where is the podcast now and who's listening to it across the world and all this kind of great stuff. So I am going to read all the places that the podcast has been listened to in. Okay. Of course, United States. Yes. Canada, Puerto Rico, France, Czech Republic, Mexico, Australia, South Africa, Thailand, Nicaragua, United Kingdom, and Nigeria. Dude, really? Oh my gosh, yeah. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So yeah. So um, thank you guys for continuing to listen. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast Man, it's been a really cool thing. So, um, you know, I got to thinking uh, some funny things have happened in recording 25 episodes of All Jacked Up. As you all know, I tend to, well, let's just say let it all hang out and talk about literally whatever is on my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's what makes it good, right? I, that's what I think. But I, I wanted this podcast to be authentic and oof, man, has it ever. <laughs> so, uh, in the middle of me letting it all hang out, so to speak, I have had a couple of people come up to me and just being funny, you know, after listening to different episodes, I've had people hand me razors cause I forgot my razor at camp. Um, I've had people hand me deodorant. Because uh, I talked about how softball players use each other's deodorants. <laughs> Gross. Um, and I've talked about people like r- literally bringing up my undies. Like, hey, uh, salt lines in the undies, huh? It's like, oh, dude, I should have never have said that. So I got to thinking, have I overshared too much? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I just wanted you guys to like pause for a minute and be like, oh my gosh, is she is she changing her ways? No. Come on. In my mind, there is no line. There is no such thing as an overshare. So here we go. 
Um, so yeah, we're just going to, yeah, again, let's do it. Let's get to it. So today I want to talk about the latest book I've just read and got to be honest with you. It's a good one. I know I say that a lot. When I pick up a book, I get really excited about reading it. And if it's good, I kind of, I'm one of those people, I have a hard time putting it down. I love to devour good information, but this one was a good one. It's called Faith for Exiles, and the authors are David Kinneman and Mark Matlock. Dude, Matlock, such a good show. Do you guys watch Matlock? That was like Andy Griffith, like, I guess, like, I mean, I mean it, he's always going to be Andy Griffith, right? But M- Matlock, mm, used to watch that with my grandmother. Um, Good show. Okay, back to the book. Uh, So Mark Matlock, one of the authors. The subtitle of this book is Five Ways for a New Generation to Follow Jesus in Digital Babylon. Mm. Now, I originally got this book because Marissa Gambarda, she's a Clemson softball player, actually a Clemson softball baller, um, hits bombs just, just for a living, like just eats fastballs for lunch but she told me that this was a game changer well marissa i don't even know if you listen to this podcast but you are right it is a game changer so the book is really geared for churches and how they minister to their youth but here's my thing aren't we the church yeah big c right? Big C Church. And if you deal with youth in any capacity, I would encourage you to pick this book up. So here is the premise for the book. It talks about us living now in in what they're calling digital Babylon. Now, if you'll remember, Babylon is where Daniel, he stood his ground, said that he would continue to worship the one true God even though the king wanted him to worship literally everything else and himself. So ancient Babylon was a pagan place, but really spiritual. What I mean by that, like a pagan place, like they didn't worship just a god. It wasn't just the god or a god. It was really spiritual because they they worshipped Everything, it seemed like. I mean, everything had, like, there was a sun god and a moon god and a sky god and a cow god. And so it was really, really spiritual, but really pagan because their worship was just focused in the wrong place. So um, they didn't worship or serve the big G god, but they did worship and serve about, uh, like, what we just talked about, a million other small G gods. Now, from what we understand, it was a hyper-stimulated place, meaning... (laughs) For people like me, I would definitely chase a lot of squirrels there. So there, there were literally so many small G gods to serve that, that you couldn't keep up with them all. So, I mean, really, is this starting to sound like anything in our world today? Mm, hello? So especially with the amount of technology we have at our fingertips, uh, it, it, this book really kind of puts some things in perspective for me. Now, because of the internet and our unlimited access to it, kids now can literally go to Google to find anything. And you guys know, like, we do it ourselves as adults. But now, I I knew this, but when the book puts it in phrases like, our phones have become digital counselors and teachers, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And if you think counselor is too strong of a word just think that when a kid has a question maybe a personal one 
that they're trying to work through. They're trying to figure it out. They don't go and find someone that can help them through it. They don't go and find a, a mentor or an adult that they can just be vulnerable and ask this maybe embarrassing question, maybe, uh, I don't know, just a question that's just, gosh, I don't want people to know that I really struggle with this. But more often than not, they turn to Google. So we have a search engine helping us through questions like, is Jesus really the only way to get to heaven? Or should I get a a sex change because I'm unhappy with how I feel? Mm, Golly. So Google, here's, this is why I have gone to Google. This is why I feel like most other people have gone to Google. Google doesn't judge us or, and I say Google, it could be any search engine. Okay. Um, but that search engine, it's not going to judge you. It's not going to laugh at you. It doesn't tell your friends what you're struggling with. And, And probably the best thing is that I know for me, when I type something in, I can have an answer immediately. Now, I go down a bunch of rabbit holes that I probably shouldn't have gone down, but I have something shooting back at me literally, I mean, seconds after I've typed in my question. Um, One of the best quotes from this book was, instant access does not equal wisdom. I read that and I was like, oh my gosh. And I thought, I totally get that. But I wonder if our youth trust that. Like, I know that they get it, but do they trust it? Because isn't it, I I can think about conversations that I've had where somebody, I'll tell somebody a story and they're like, oh my goodness, where did you hear about that? And I'll say something ridiculous like Facebook. And in my mind, I'm like, well, if I saw it on Facebook, it happened, right? And so, like, I totally get that instant access does not equal wisdom, but do the young people, like people that have just grown up in this internet age, I did not, uh, but people that have, have always had access to this, do they trust that instant access is not wisdom? I don't know. Um, but one of the best things about this book is all the research charts in each chapter. It was really, really neat and eye-opening to see how some people answer some of the questions, and I really liked how it broke down how unchurched people answered versus church people. In my mind, we have become a society that is more consumed with our feelings than ever before. I see it with the kids I coach. I see it in ministry. Uh, And I do say consumed because many people are letting their feelings dictate their lives. Now, one part of the book, it, it talks about how most teenagers today, and when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, most teenagers today are much more open to the idea that your gender is based on how you feel and not your birth sex. What? Like it, what? Just to think about that for me. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on the door of 50. So I am a long way from being a teenager, but to know that a lot of younger people in the church, younger people that we mentor minister to that, they really think that it's a possibility that, that, Hey, you know, like my birth sex, like, yeah, this is how I was born, but my gender, it's really based on how I feel. Holy smoke. Like that was eye opening. Um, and again, for most of us, that's crazy talk. And we wonder, how did we get here? 
how did we get to this place? And I immediately think to myself, dang, like, where's the Bible in all of this? And then in this book on page 49, this sentence hit me right between the eyes. So one of the authors is talking to a group of ministry interns. And one of the interns, um, it, it pretty much what she says, it sums up, you know, my question, like, where is the Bible in all of this? So they're talking through some stuff. And the intern kept saying stuff that had the, the, the word me in it. And this is, this is a quote from the book. The intern says, but that's not what this passage of Scripture is saying to me. Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Can one piece of Scripture speak more than one thing to different people? Yes, of course it can. But let's not get it twisted, okay? We cannot bend the Scripture to mean what is most comfortable to us. And I think that that that's kind of where we where we've landed, you know. And it's kind of like the parts of the Bible that man, that's tough, and I don't know if I can do that, and oh, that that's really gonna. That's, that's going to get in my biz a little bit. Um, we can say, well, you know what? That passage, that's not what it's speaking to me. That's not what that piece of scripture is saying to me. You know, I, and I think we've all gotten too comfortable with phrases like, hey, you do you, right? Um, or how about this? Follow your heart. Worst advice ever. Or, and this is a good one too, to find the truth, you must look inside yourself. Oh my gosh, like what? What are we talking about? Here's the thing. My truth isn't always the truth. Um, and this is funny. There, there's an old Vince Vaughn, uh, Jason Bateman. Oh my God, he is like, he's my crush. Oh, if I could marry like a man like Jason Bateman, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it was because he was such a cutie patootie when he was on Silver Spoons, like there's a, there's a big chunk of population that are listening to this that are like, Silver Spoons, what's that? Ricky Schroeder? Come on! But anyway, Jason Bateman, love him! Uh, there's, a, there's an older movie called Couples Retreat. And in this movie, there's a scene where uh, it's, it's a bunch of, it's, it's a couples retreat. So there's obviously couples that have gone to this island and they have to, they get to do fun stuff, but they also have to go to counseling. But in this scene... Um, they're, all the couples are, they're out and they're scuba diving around a a boat that's kind of taking them out in some deep water. And, um, everybody had gone back to the boat except for Vince Vaughn's character. Now the others who are in the boat, they see a shark in the water and they start yelling at him like, Hey man, get back to the boat, swim fast, you know? And so of course Vince Vaughn's character, he's in a panic and he starts to swim and, you know, the tension's building, but this is, you know, it's a comedy. So you know that he's not going to get eaten or anything like that. But, you know, in the movie, he, he luckily, he makes it back to the boat before the shark can get to him. But as he's getting in the boat kind of quickly and, you know, he's thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm swimming for my life. He scrapes himself on the ladder of the boat as he's, as he's getting in. Well, later on, there's a, a, a later scene in the movie and it's, you know, Vince Vaughn and, and uh, his character and his wife, they are in couples counseling and they start getting in this argument about the shark incident. So the wife is giving him a hard time saying, oh my gosh, it wasn't a big deal. You didn't get attacked by the shark. Um, you're, you're blowing this whole thing out of proportion. And Vince Vaughn's character stops the argument by saying, I know my truth. <laughs> and the wife kind of looks at him like, what? But he's like, I know my truth. I know my truth. Now, the thing is, like, it's funny because the truth 
is that he didn't get attacked and he he was okay. His truth was not not the truth. His truth was that the whole thing was extremely traumatic and he is a survivor. He survived a shark attack. Now, as funny as this whole thing is, I think this is how we have become as a society, but but here's here's my takeaway. Our truth is not always the truth. And I think until we can really get that through our heads, oh my goodness, and really grasp Okay, what what is the truth and where do I go for the truth? You know, because, man, for me, only God's word is the, capital the, the one and only truth. So here is, is my takeaway from the book. I want people that know me to know that I believe there is only one place to find truth that will never change, and that's God's word. So th- this is kind of a question for me, like, do I live my life in a way that honors what the Bible says more than how I feel? Yowza! That's tough, dude. Like, it's tough for me. Oh my gosh, like how I feel. Oof, if I could live uh, just being dictated by my feelings, I think, man, I would have so many happy moments and such long regrets. <laughs> I mean, in a nutshell, like I would be so happy in the moment, but I would spend most of my time just living in this regret of, of all kinds of stuff. I mean, just dude, that's where I spent most of my life. So, um, here's my challenge for anyone, anybody, if you, if you interact with somebody younger than yourself, this is my challenge for you. Are you making the Bible the Again, capital D. Are you making the Bible the authority in your life by how you live, what you say, and who you honor, even when you don't feel like it? Boom. Mic drop. That's a doozy. Man, it's a doozy. So, um, good stuff though, right? Good stuff. So, Faith for Exiles. It's an easy read. I have no doubt you will get a ton out of this book. Pick up a copy, check it out. Um, and I, I hope this helps somebody uh, along the way. It, it was really, really eye-opening for me just to kind of get a, a handle and an idea of, I know how I think and I know what I struggle with, but I can't imagine having my childhood on social media. I can't imagine you know, having a childhood where I didn't have to go find an adult to answer a question. Um, and, you know, like, shoot, I can say stuff. I'm old enough to say stuff like back in the day. But back in the day, if I had a question, I either asked my friends or I asked, you know, someone that was older than me. And again, like, you, it depends on who you ask of how much validity is in that answer. But, um, man, today, I just don't think kids are asking anybody. So, I think for us that are, that have the, man, what, what a joy, what an honor, what a privilege it is to pour into the younger generation. But are we living in a way that they can look at our lives and go, man, you know what? I know what the authority is on their life. It's the Bible because I know how they live. They live according to what the Bible says. They talk according to how the Bible says we should speak to one another. And, you know, like they, they honor what the Bible says, even when they don't feel like it. So it's, it's a tall order for sure, but we, we should all be works in progress, right? Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. 
So, uh, man, I hope you guys have a great week. And here is to spending the rest of the week all jacked up. <laughs>